Judy Quisenberry. Can you hear me? Okay, great. Uh, I'm the executive director for Valley Baptist Legacy Foundation. We are a place-based private foundation that funds um, health-related causes in the four counties that we call the Rio Grande Valley. So that's Cameron, Hidalgo, Willacy, and Star. Um, I went down this deep rabbit hole on broadband starting a couple of years ago, and the first person I really called was Jordana, because I knew she was an expert in the field. So between she and Gabriel, they helped walk me through quite a bit of some of the infrastructure. It was a confusing topic to me, and there's still a lot that I don't know, so I'm certainly no expert in this field. But I did see the difference that I think we all saw during the pandemic around kids not being able to connect, not keeping up with schoolwork. I have a daughter that's an educator who has assured me most kids will be behind. I mean, we've got some serious issues, a lot of it related simply to connectivity. So when we talk about health, you know, we talk about also the social determinants of health, which include education. They include um, the ability to just interact in society in the way that more affluent people can interact. And if you aren't connected to the internet, you struggle with benefits and reapplying for things that I think we all take for granted that we do on our phone or by our computer. And when that's not accessible, then we've got a lot of other problems. Uh, I have often wondered in the last two years why cities in the Rio Grande Valley aren't more concerned about this issue when it comes to bringing in business. Because if we don't have good connectivity, we're not going to be bringing in industry, which means where will the jobs come from and why aren't we concerned about this for the pipeline of education? I mean, there's just so many ramifications to this issue that I think we need to pay attention to. So in the midst of my deep, dark hole of learning about this, you know, um, down came money to all of the cities and the counties in our area, which also just alarmed me because no one's talking about broadband or connectivity or a broadband plan, and yet cities and, you know, the counties were getting all this money in that could be used for something, you know, pretty wisely if anyone had been talking about this. So I did give away the fiber book. Um, <laughs> to several community leaders, and, uh, and I did talk with communities to just find out, what are you doing? How far along are you? Far and, and Brownsville were the furthest along from the conversations I had then in terms of having a broadband plan, already deploying money to, to create that, and my own city, Harlingen, you know, was um, not there at all, and one of the most alarming things was that in the newspaper, I found an article talking about $4 million was going to be deployed in Harlingen for little Wi-Fi hotspots on traffic lights. And this was way after McAllen did it. McAllen did it in the midst of the pandemic. And I think everyone is excused for any decision in that first six months of the pandemic because it was just do whatever you can. It's, you know, we don't know where we are. We don't know where we're going. So they had a very quick solution to provide some, some access, and I applaud them for that. But at the point at which Harlingen did this, it was way later, and that was probably not the best idea for $4 million. So I went to the city and said, would you consider first taking just a portion of that $4 million 
in creating a broadband plan for the city. And then if that plan says that's the best way to utilize four million, then I will be your biggest proponent. But my gut feeling is it's not going to be the best idea. So thankfully, Harlingen did do that. And they did you know, embark on a feasibility plan. I'm super proud of them for that. But they also redeployed that $4 million to I don't know what. So there's not money for any further deployment within the city plan. Um, the, other, the other kind of shocking news is that many other communities in the Rio Grande Valley when I asked about, have you, are you thinking about this? Are you, what are you considering? Just gave me deer in the headlights like, no, drainage is our top priority or something else. All important, and I know cities juggle lots of important issues. Not one is necessarily more important than another, but this wasn't even on the radar. So in a lot of cities' eyes, providers have it handled. We don't have an issue, and we'll let the providers take it from there. So I, I don't think that's the answer. Um, the other disturbing thing is that we have so many problems associated with poverty that we even did our own survey of, you know, for all our grantees to tell us when you consider all the social determinants of health, and we're talking about nonprofits who really are working with the most vulnerable communities. Tell us what you are seeing. Tell us the problems that your community faces. Broadband came in second to last on a big long list. And I'll tell you why, because when communities are trying to figure out, do I feed my family? Do I go to the doctor? Do I pay rent? Broadband payment is not even in the mix. So our poverty issues are so much bigger than most of the areas of the state, which is another shocking factor. Why are we the last to get some money when we are one of the most impoverished places? Um, so I think we have a lot of lack of knowledge around what are our big issues, where do they exist, and you know some of those most vulnerable communities don't have a voice and, and they don't know they need something they've never had. So it's a, it's a lot of education around how do we get, you know, this service in places where it isn't. And we are talking about several issues. We're talking about infrastructure, but on, I mean, there may be infrastructure close. We're talking about just the education around why is this an important thing? Why do your kids need this? You know, why do you need, um, a service that's strong enough that your three kids can all be on the internet at the same time, you know, doing homework, et cetera. So I, I think the part that worries me the most is how will we get our kids to the level that we've got everyone else? And I'll, I'll tell you that the state testing, you know, is considering 70 as an acceptable score. And so everyone is so excited that schools are at 70. Well, I don't know about you, and I know I'm older, but that was not the score that any of us aimed for. Um, so if that's going to be our bar, then, you know, I think you can see where we're headed in the future. So we've got a lot of issues around how do we get our kids to be able to perform, be able to have the tools to perform, to be able to be in the workforce, 
you know, and, and broadband I think is a big piece of that, the right kind of broadband connectivity, not 25-3, not getting that to areas where they have nothing, but expecting that in an equity kind of perspective that we all have the 120, the new definition going forward. Um, so those are kinds of the things that worry me. I did convene a group of leaders from Cameron County, I guess in September of 21, to have the discussion around if the university has this amount of money and the school districts have this amount of money and the cities have this amount of money that has all come down recently, then how can we work together in creating some kind of a cohesive plan so that we don't have duplication of effort um, and we're able to kind of think about uh, investing less money in, you know, within each entity but creating a much bigger solution. And again, I'm just not sure quite how ready cities were to have that discussion at that time. I'm hoping today uh, that we're more ripe for it I also consider this new federal money coming as kind of that one-shot opportunity. Uh, I was surprised that Greg didn't say it in the last hour, but what I've heard him say time and time again is it's going to take a regional approach. It's not going to be uh, individual cities being able to really compete for this money. So for the cities in the Rio Grande Valley, I would really encourage you to consider not only working within your county, but counties bridging those county divides and working together. Much as the regional MPO has done, um, I think that was a really good model for that regional approach, and I think that's, that's gonna be a winning application um, versus individual entities trying to go after some of this big money. And we deserve it, and we need it. We need it more than a lot of other areas need it. So um, let's not miss this opportunity to, to really work together to get some of this money in. And as part of the Legacy Foundation, you know, we have only funded one project related to broadband as far as just direct funds, and that was to the Harlingen Housing Authority that connected every resident. Uh, and they had a really good five-year plan for residents to ramp up into a paid subscription. And that was also, you know, a combination of HUD money and our money, but the, and, a, and the school district and the city participated. That's the kind of partnership that funders like, and that's the kind of partnership that the VDO is going to want, is that multiple entity coming together with funding, with expertise, with other tools to be able to deploy um, broadband in a, in a really powerful way.